0: Welcome to the Swine It Podcast Roundtable. This is a new series of episodes created by the Swine it Podcast and ProVimi, where we'll have roundtables with experts of the global swine industry tackling subjects that can influence the producer's bottom line. My name is Marcel Gonçalves, your host for today's episode. GoVMe supports the podcast's goal of helping pork producers improve their systems and businesses. Let's get back to the podcast. Hello, everyone. Today, we have Dr. Chad Pilcher and Mark Hosebus, uh, and we're going to chat about pig production in times of economic uncertainty. How are you, Mark?
1: I'm very well, Marcio. Thanks for having
2: both of us today.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate uh, you guys' time. How are you, Chad?
2: Doing great good thanks for inviting
0: me thank you let's get rolling here so mark want to start with you if you can just share uh, about your career so far and also how you got involved in pig production that would be great
1: I sure will thank you again Marcio so uh, I've been uh, with Cargill Animal Nutrition for the better part of 23 years I uh, started uh, as a 1994 graduate out of Iowa State University with a bachelor's in animal science. To your question around involvement in the industry, I grew up on a diversified crop and livestock farm in southeast Iowa. Uh, and uh, part of that operation was a fair-to-finish pork production system. Uh, and so I've always had an affinity for the industry. Uh, that's really why I went to uh, Iowa State to be involved in the program there. And I uh, went to work for Cargill in 1994, right out of that bachelor's program. Um, I did spend about five years of my career, kind of mid career, uh, as the live production manager for a large uh, commercial pork production system. Nice. Uh, in the neighborhood of 60, 70,000 sows. And so have both uh, allied industry experience as well as
2: live production experience firsthand.
0: Very nice. Very good. How about you, Chad?
2: I grew up on a small, and diversified livestock farms. So I, uh, both of my parents grew up on farms, um, and then they worked off the farm. Um, so growing up, we used livestock as a, as a way to stay connected to agriculture. Um, went to the University of Illinois for my bachelor's and master's degrees and, uh, spent time there with the Ellis lab and got very involved in, uh, production, pig production and swine science, um, there at the University of Illinois. And then did my Ph.D. at Iowa State University with Dr. John Patience. And then I've been with me for about six and a half years now. Um, and my main focus is nutrition consulting and working directly with, with pig producers in the field. Cool.
0: So uh, let's jump right into the topic at hand here. Uh, you know, everyone is aware of the craziness that we are going through right now uh, with COVID-19. Uh, what shifts have you both seen in the last few weeks uh, among pig producers?
1: Yeah, I can jump in, Marcio, and I think it's important to remember that uh, while we've we've definitely got a situation going on relative to this global pandemic, we have two other very, very important issues that we're dealing with in the pork industry proper. That is the continued saga of African swine fever Mm -hmm. around the globe, along with a fairly new happening relative to oil and the global oil markets, and the change in ethanol demand and the resultant production that is being caused by a global oil price war. And so we really are in a situation where we've got three fights that we're battling all at the same time, and that's what really, from my perspective, makes this current situation really, really
2: unique. Hmm.
1: Relative to the COVID-19 specific situation, I think our our biggest thing we're seeing is uh, the supply chain is working as hard as it can, and Cargill is no exception, to take care of its people first. Mm -hmm. Whether you're a member of allied industry and you're running a nutrition facility like we do at Cargill, uh, or you're a pork producer and you've got 10 or 15 independent cell farms, each with their own micro population of employees, Mm -hmm. or you're a pork processor with a very large population of employees on one site. I think the biggest shift we've seen is every producer we work with is feverishly working to figure out how do we maintain our employee base Mm -hmm. in this very, very uncertain, and for most of those people's families, scary situation. So from my perspective, that's the biggest issue we're working through right now with most of our producers. Chad, you probably have a different view on it. How about you?
2: Yeah, I think first and foremost, you know, it's it's thinking about the people and how do we how do we continue to make, remain positive and reassure people that um, we're doing the right thing and we're we're protecting their health and well being first. Um, but from a from a nutrition standpoint, yeah, we're we're seeing a lot of a lot of moving pieces today. Um, And and a lot of that, you know, some of it's driven by COVID-19, but other other um, other things really driven around crude oil demand and and changes there that have really made some wild swings uh, occur in ingredient pricing and therefore um, the best economic drivers in our in our feed formulation.
0: Interesting, uh, and and I I'll, I'll throw the dumb question out there, guys. I don't have a problem with that. Can you elaborate a little more on the oil? How the oil plays there, guys? I, I'm I'm new to this.
1: Yeah, and so so certainly this would this would largely be Chad and I's assessment of the current situation. Um, but the the uh, the recent happenings uh, in the global oil industry uh, really revolve around Russia and Saudi Arabia's unwillingness to cooperate on production controls. Basically, those two oil powerhouses uh, have said, we're going to continue to produce oil Mm -hmm. and we're going to do that regardless of what the price of the global marketplace dictates. And so what we've had happen Mm -hmm. is that has directly impacted the ability of the U.S. ethanol industry to generate a profit Mm -hmm. in what was already a very tenuous uh, P&L situation. Interesting. And so what has happened now is with an uh, inability to sell ethanol into a global market that's a wash in oil, mm-hmm. and you know now we're below $20 a barrel in the oil market, right. we have eliminated ethanol production and consequently, as most of our customers would vehemently agree with, drastically changed the design of most of the diets in the mm-hmm. industry as we've been forced to remove distiller's dried drinks
0: yeah very cool very interesting yeah that makes total sense thanks mark uh very good so from overall i think you touched in some of those uh mark now diving a little deeper from a business and uh production standpoint what are your thoughts uh on on the topic as from farm level besides the people side of things anything else producers should be thinking right now
1: well so um you know i think it goes without saying marcio that um Every, everyone in the industry is in a cash strap situation right now for a variety of reasons, many of which we've already mentioned. And so I think the question becomes, how do we continue to try to get better every day? Because we can't, we can't stop getting better, even though we're in the middle of a crisis. The thing that we've got to do as an industry is continue to keep our heads, keep focused on what our goals are continue to get better every day and deal with the problems that come up one problem at a time. And so amidst the reality that uh, we're in a cash strap situation, I, I think the the critical thing that we're helping, we're trying to help our customers do is continue to make crisp decisions at the speed of business, not wait a month to make a change, not wait mm-hmm. two months to make a change. But when we know something's right, do it today as opposed to doing it tomorrow, and Chad may have
2: a may have another opinion on that. No, I think I think that's a great summary. I think um, uh, from a nutrition standpoint, we've got to be flexible, and um, really it comes down to what's the best economic outcome for the for the producer. So, you know, it's, it's some of, a lot of the same things that that um, are at play in a non-crisis situation. So, really understanding biological responses to, to key economic drivers like energy, amino acids, fiber, and, and really understanding what's the best economic way, you know, what's the, what's the best way to feed a pig from an economic standpoint, from a profitability standpoint. So, you know, in, in this situation, we've got a lot of the, the key economic inputs changing from a price standpoint. Um, and, and we've even got the output, you know, we've got pork prices that are that have been changing rapidly as well. And so we've got to be able to to be flexible and have the, the robustness of, of economic modeling of, of nutrition to be able to determine what's the what's the best feeding program based on today's economics. Right. Marcio,
1: I might add to that, you know, the, the reality is and I, and I think our, our producer base will appreciate the comment, at least even even if it is painfully. Uh, difficult to continue to deal with, um, we're losing money as an industry right now in a, in a lot of cases, right? And so
2: mm-hmm.
1: the the need to be nimble has to be driven by the reality that if we're not going to be in a situation where we're profitable, we have to work hard every single day to minimize loss. And And that mandate, in many cases, changing decisions on a day-to-day basis around something that might have worked last week but now because the reality has changed we got to change quickly and so we are in a situation today where we're getting up every day and trying to make sure we help the industry as a whole and our clients specifically manage through this cash crunch by losing as little money as possible
0: right are you guys seeing uh some packing plants either closing or reducing uh volumes there
1: so my understanding from uh, a number of discussions yesterday, Marcio, is that we, we have we have a number of things going on, again, all related to these three what appear to be disparate events of COVID ASF and an uh, global oil industry in disarray. And and so what you have right now is we have at least two or three situations in the industry, North America as a whole, right, Canada and the US, where some packing plants have been shuttered because of the global pandemic issue, right? So we've got two or three scenarios where employees haven't shown up to work or they've walked off the job. And now now what do those plants do or where, where do those hogs go? Those hogs have been shunted to other industry facilities. And so on top of a very large market-ready supply that we already were facing, now we're trying to cram the same amount of hogs to kill on a weekly basis into a more limited number of facilities. And so the uh, industry contacts that I was able to visit with yesterday have, have said the shackle is full. We're going to be pushing record kills for the next number of number of weeks in front of us as long as uh, we continue to deal with a shutdown or a partial shutdown in some of the harvest facilities that we have historically been able to utilize.
0: Cool. No, that makes sense. Chad, from a nutrition standpoint, you know, if any of uh, these packing plants either reduce their volume, it's kind of funny, right? Because we always want to increase growth, but in this type of situation, we might want to reduce the growth. Any overall thoughts there that that you can think of?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, it's going to be very situational dependent. So uh, some producers may have a reduction of five to 10% of their Market loads being cut. Um, it, it may get, hopefully, you know, as a as a time of this recording, it isn't uh, there isn't a major widespread closure, but um, there are some smaller closures, smaller reduction in uh, in the amount of, of pigs going to market. So I think you know we start to just go back to our basics on on uh, economic and biological modeling and look at things like energy levels. So if we need to stretch out a pig supply. Over a number of weeks, we're going to look at things like lowering energy, maybe decreasing amino acid content, so it'll maybe decreasing our lysine to to energy ratios. Technologies or nutrients like tryptophan may maybe something that we can uh, back off on. So as the extra gain becomes less and less valuable, there are things that we can do from a nutrition standpoint to try to maybe pull back on costs. The potentially slow growth. I don't think there's anything from a nutritional standpoint that we're doing today that we're going to drastically reduce growth rate at least at this point. But there are there are some things we can do to help uh, mitigate the situation. Yeah, very interesting.
1: And Marcio, what, Marcio, what's very dynamic about the current situation is that we we do have the, at least the potential. Right? It's, on certain days it feels very fleeting, but we at least have the potential for the export market to, to really kick in at some point. And so there's a very fine balance between slowing the entire production system down mm-hmm. across all phases of production versus potentially maybe trying to find a way to slow down those those late-stage finishing animals. Mm-hmm. And that can be done through nutrition. It can be done through production management techniques like stocking density, uh, and things along those lines as well. And so it's very dynamic, and and that's why we continue to probably on this call talk about the need to be extremely nimble in your ability to make and execute decisions. And I think the folks that are going to come out of this in the best spot are just that, those folks that can make decisions very quickly, uh, sound decisions, not rash decisions, but make decisions very quickly and execute those Throughout their production system, because it is extremely dynamic.
0: No, that makes sense. It's for me personally, it's the first time. I mean, 2008, 12 years ago, I probably, you know, was not paying enough attention. First off, I was, I was in Brazil on that, that time, but also first time in my life that I'm seeing a a real big global crisis, if you will. So super interesting to, to learn more about, you know, how to go through that. Um, and something that that i've you know seen of course we need to stay lean right and and have lots of ca- cash reserves in, in any type of business you know any any overall business tips there uh mark that you can think of i know you've experienced uh, uh, more than than one crisis there uh, I, I know you've touched on several different things any, anything else on that arena
1: um you know i, I think uh, t- times like these are, are when you gotta you gotta um, look at every piece of your business, right? Tough to say at times, but are you, are you long uh, in the people department? We want to take care of every employee we've got, but we also need to make hard choices to ensure that the business continues to thrive and survive long-term so that as many people have a job as possible. And so uh, human resources is always an area that you have to continue to look at to be to be lean and efficient in the industry. From my perspective, you got to stay current, right? Um, when we get into this game of, of drag and market-ready inventories, assuming we have shackles to kill, right, mm-hmm. you, you've got to stay current because long-term, that will give you the most ability to be dynamic in your decision-making. Once you take away that finishing space, now you're starting to limit the amount of decisions that you can make in a very, very quick manner. And so look looking at people resources, staying current in your marketings, continuing to look for opportunities to drive nutrition costs out of the business. And that may sound funny coming from a nutrition company. <laughs> we, we do understand that the more money we can help our customers drive out of the system, the better off they're going to be long-term. And so those continuing decisions have to be front of mind and, and front and center in the process of getting up and every day running the business. Um, and we continue to maybe beat on this particular call, the need to look at those things every day mm-hmm. is even more important right now when the dynamics are changing as quickly as they are.
0: Yes, that that makes total sense. Now, uh, Chad, one thing that, um, you know, I've talked to nutritionists around the globe and, and producers as well, and, and we as nutritionists, we're always talking about, right, uh, income over feed cost and other things. Um something that I've been digesting over the last several years is, and, and I want to know if you guys agree or your thoughts on this is, okay, if we're making money, uh, it's it's probably that time that we are going to formulate a little more look into profit, meaning, okay, I might increase a little bit my nutrient levels to get more out of this and harvest more uh, revenue. Now, in times like this, we, we need to change a, a little bit. Uh, the strategy where we might be looking a little more to that minimal cost per pound or, or kilogram of gain. Any any
2: thoughts on that? Yeah, so I think at all times we're focusing on how do we maximize profit for our pig producers. Um, and in times where we do have um, an economic crisis or when, when the price of pork is low or high price of input is high, Minimum cost per pound or kilo of gain may be what our best, most profitable situation is. It's still a focus on profit, but it may be that the the outcome or that you, that you're looking for for optimum profit is that minimum cost per kilo or cost per pound of gain.
1: Marcio, I'd add to that to that comment. Um, profit is profit, right? Whether it's positive or negative, the equation that generates the uh, result of profit is the same. And so at times, um, absolutely, we're, we're going to help drive cost per pound to gain lower. Realize, however, that everybody's situation as a producer is unique. Mm-hmm. And the right answer for a particular producer might be, let's keep the hogs growing because of the cost of the ration. And maybe we market at a lighter weight, right, where that pig gets, the least efficient out there at heavy weights. Maybe it makes most sense in terms of the equation of profit to lower our marketing weights. And, and that I mentioned earlier in the call, continuing to keep current so you have that flexibility in your pipeline. In general, Chad's right, continuing to focus on cost per pound of gain in an economic crisis like this is definitely a concept that's front and center. Think that has to be balanced against the reality that every production system is different, and right. there are multiple lev- multiple levers that can be pulled to drive profit, whether that profit is a negative number or a positive <laughs>
0: number. Right, right. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Yeah, just make making sure that burn rate per month is is lower. Right, and at times like this, probably no one's going to be trying to invest money probably just trying to keep that cash balance and, and cash flow and reduce that burn rate. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep.
0: Very good. That's, that's very good. Um, Chad and Mark, anything else before we, we wrap up this, this conversation?
1: I, I've got, uh, I'd, I'd add one kind of overarching comment, Marcio, and, and that is the, the need for this industry to pull together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got to, we've got to be careful that, um, as a, as an industry, Uh, nobody owns the truth, right, solely as as one entity in the industry. At times like this, it takes all of our collective intelligence and universal mind, you might even say, to fight our way through this and come out the other side for the benefit of all participants up and down the chain. And so my admonition to the producers out there is, Make sure you're visiting with as many people as you can around opportunities to to do things differently, to continue to get more nimble and, and to, to really operate at the speed of of the world around us, which has changed drastically in the last two weeks. And so let's do that as an industry not a uh, group of siloed businesses within the industry. And I think we will all find a better outcome on the other side of it.
0: Right. That's, that's very well said. Any, any parting comments, Chad? I think that's a,
2: that's a great, uh, great ending to it. I think, you know, we've, we've got to, we've got to come together in, as an industry to make sure that we're uh, we're doing the right thing, doing the right things for our people and our pigs and our, and our profitability.
0: Very good. Well, thanks a lot uh, for your time, and uh, it's, been, it's been fun to chat with you, and uh, we'll stay in touch.
1: Thanks for having us, Marcio. Thank you.
0: Hey, everyone. Please share our episodes with as many people as you can so we can continue to impact the life of swine professionals from around the globe with the wisdom of our great guests. Before you go, make sure to get in our wait list for the Swine Talks web conference, the first online conference of the global swine industry, an update on hot topics, and we're even going to have some controversial topics of the global swine industry, so you can leverage that knowledge in your day to day. Go to swinetalks.com and get on our wait list. We'll talk soon.